Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who through adversity, grit, and persistence are forging the path to being the best version of themselves. They join us to give you the tools to do the same. Today, we are absolutely honored to have Michael Anthony, or those of you who know him better as Michael Unbroken, with us today. He is the founder of Think Unbroken, multi-time entrepreneur, best-selling author, award-winning speaker, podcast host, coach, advocate for, listen up people, adult survivors of childhood trauma. I want to read you his mission. His mission is to empower trauma survivors with the tools and curriculum of Think Unbroken to get unstuck, learn to love themselves, get out of the vortex, and reclaim their power. Those of you guys that listen in know where I come and where I fall on all of that, so we are honored. Michael, Thanks for joining us, buddy. Man, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to come here and be with you today. Well, the audience, you know, is going to be better because of it, man. I, I can feel it. When I get the chance, you know, and your name come across my desk and, and I get to do some research and I see it, man, there's so many things I want to touch on. Can you just give the audience a little bit of background on, on who you are and, and how did this come about? Because you're touching on a subject that in my estimation, I don't want to put out you know numbers, but I mean a great deal of the population in some way, shape or form has dealt with some kind of childhood trauma, whether in their own home, you know, or a church or a school or or just about anything. So you know that it's it's a really touchy subject in so many ways, but I love the way that you talk about it. And so where is this? for you and and how did you get where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's a vast number of people. I mean, you can go look at any of the baseline research says 83% of adults have been impacted by childhood trauma. I would argue it's much, much higher. Uh, you take into consider the fact that a lot of these studies are, are decades old at this point, And in conjunction with the fact that realistically, a lot of this goes unreported, um, I would say we're talking about 90 plus percent of people have been impacted by adverse childhood experiences. So I'll give you the elevator pitch version of my life. Very simple. When I was four years old, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, she actually cut off my right index finger. So you can mm. see if you're watching, there's like this huge scar and all these things. My stepfather, super abusive, the kind of guy you praise, never your stepfather. I spent the majority of my childhood homeless and in poverty. Uh, in fact, we were so poor that the water company came and turned our water off. And I grew up in America. I grew up in Indianapolis. I grew up in a major city and we were so poor, they turned our water off. Got high for the first time when I was 12, drunk at 13. By 15, I was expelled from school. Luckily, got put into a last chance program, but I was selling drugs, breaking in houses, stealing cars, hurting people. And finally, the school just like gave me the diploma. They're like, you just got to get out of here, man. 
And I found myself at 18, like thinking about what's next in life, knowing that if I stayed down the path I was on, I was going to end up dead or in jail. I have family in prison for life. My best friends were getting arrested. By the time I was 26, my three childhood best friends had been murdered. And so I knew like if I stayed this path, selling drugs, breaking the law, like it was not going to end well. And I made a declaration to myself. I was like, okay, by the time I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And this was super important. And the legal part mattered. And more so, it was looking at and trying to, I was trying to suss out the situation. I was like, all right, if poverty happens and abuse happens because of money, maybe if I make money, that'll fix this. Well, lo and behold, I, I land a job with a Fortune 10 company, no high school diploma, no college degree. And I start making six figures by the time I'm 21. I literally hit that goal. And that only made my life worse. It exacerbated all the problems. And so I found myself by the time I'm 26, over 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, cheating on my girlfriend. And that's when I put a gun in my mouth. I was just done, man. I was just like, what is this? Why the hell am I here? What is the point of this life, this whole chaos, all this shit I've been through? And I sat and I went and I looked in the bathroom mirror and man, I'll never understand why. And, and I looked at myself and I didn't recognize the face. I didn't know the reflection there. And I remembered being eight years old and the water company coming and turn our water off and going into the backyard and taking this little blue bucket and walking across the street to the neighbor's house, turning on their spigot. And for the first time I stole, it was water. And I told myself, I was like, Michael, when you're grown up, this won't be your life. Now, to that extent, it wasn't. I was living in excess. I had expensive clothes and an $85,000 car and blah, 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 blah. But I was miserable. I was still that hurt, lost, abandoned little kid. And I made a declaration to myself in that moment. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Michael, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses, just results started reverberating in my brain. And now fast forward 11 years, almost 12 years later, here I am talking to you. And in that process was a lot of fucking work going and getting serious about therapy, getting a coach, going to personal development, reading the self-help books, going and learning the education of trauma. I have over 35 trauma-informed certifications. Like I had to learn all this stuff because I was just trying to figure out how the hell is it that we can find ourselves at such this rock bottom and not have support and not have what you need to persevere, to be resilient, to step into what's next. And I basically just looked at my life. I evaluated it and I said, what am I willing to do? No excuses, just results literally meant that. And I invested every penny I had over a quarter million dollars in this healing journey. Every hour that I had, I, I did my 10,000 plus brother. I invested time, effort, energy, and money. I put it all on the line to be here today so that I could, and look, I never anticipated doing this. You rewind five, six years ago, Think Unbroken wasn't a thing. But I was just writing a blog. I was just sharing my experience. I was just trying to help people in the hope that maybe my brothers will read this. Maybe my sister will read this. Maybe I can impact them. 
And then it turned into, hey, that thing you posted, I relate to it. Or that thing that you posted, like literally saved my life. And then I started getting these messages every day. And then it started turning into, hey, will you help me? Will you guide me? Will you coach me? And and now I've spoken around the world and I've been lucky enough to have investments from amazing people in the world, um, awesome leaders, billionaires, even Grant Cardone. I know you're in the real estate space, so you know that name. And you know, I look at the fact that I've been able to take my experience experience as being an entrepreneur from eight years old, learning how to hustle on the street and like put it into something that's practical and that benefits people. And so, I, you know, I'm very blessed, honored and humbled that I get to be in the situation I am today. But it all started with making a choice. Whoa. So I always take notes when I'm when I'm writing and you touched on on so many things. Um, one is the thing that comes to mind in what you just said to me is awareness. And I mean that in the sense that you were watching people around you die, murdered, go to jail for life. And you had the awareness at some point to say to eight-year-old Michael, this is not going to be my life. I am going to, and even at that young age, and you still made some mistakes and we all do, but at some point, Again, we like the term enough is enough, right? And and very few, very few ever get there, Michael. They do. They just go to complacency or they just do what everybody else is doing. And you had the ability or the awareness, a better word, I think is, is really what describes it in getting out of that, right? Without a clear destination. Let's be clear to everybody. You didn't have some, you didn't pick up some manual and they were go, hey, here's how you get out of poverty and not be a drug addict and not become a drug dealing axe murderer, right? Like there's no manual for that. It's, it's literally a choice. And you said two other things and I, and I want to touch on them and, and we can expand on them because they, they, they mean a lot to me is you said, I looked in the mirror Everybody should do that. Go look in the damn mirror. And when you look at that reflection, I'm not talking about the actual, but do you recognize what you see? That's a really good thing that you said. You said, I didn't know the reflection. And in that moment, in that moment, that unlocks your potential because you're like literally looking at yourself and I don't know that person. I don't know the reflection. So how do you look at that? And I want everybody to do this because we can do it on a daily basis. Am I being who I say I want to be? Am I in alignment with the man that I want to be? Because when you look in that reflection, you go, nah, man, I'm not. Well, guess what? In that moment, you've unlocked the power to fucking change it. Yeah. And it's not easy. 100%. 100%. Look, man, I think it's the, I think it's singularly the most difficult thing we ever do to look at our life, assess it. And look, there's a space for grace and compassion in that assessment, right? 100%. But then on the backside of that going, okay, what am I going to do about it? And, you know, we, we are by nature, very avoidant of the pain and the suffering that we must go through in our life. It's easier to dissociate, to remove yourself from what's happening, because what's more difficult than acknowledging darkness, right? 
And in that acknowledgement, one of the things that happens is it starts to create the pathway for what I would dare call freedom. Because the hardest part about life is the moment you go to bed and you put your head on the pillow and then all of the waves of the rush of all the things that you should be doing starts going into your head and you're like, I can't sleep. Yeah, because you're not living your life. You're avoiding and look, and sometimes it's avoiding potential. Like, honestly, sometimes it's avoiding being able to step into what's next in your life. But sometimes it's avoiding. I need to quit that job. I need to leave that relationship. I need to leave that city. I need to start that business. I need to go to the therapist. I need to. We're always avoiding stuff. People are always talking about this word peace. Right. And I've been thinking about this a lot over the course of the last few years. And I think that the only way that you get to create peace in your life is A, first and foremost, you must create it. And secondly, peace only comes in doing the things that you want to do because you want to do them and not doing the things that you don't want to do because you don't want to do them. And this comes through being in alignment with your values, first understanding at baseline who you are, what you stand for, what you represent, and then filtering the rest of your life through that and asking yourself, where am I at? What do I want? What do I need? What am I interested in? I think about values as this amazing precursor. You want to go look in the mirror, like that's all fine and dandy, but what comes on the backside of it? Because without action, we love to lie to ourselves, man. We love it, right? Without action, Without action, it doesn't matter if you look in that mirror. That's why when I did it, I said, what am I willing to do? I said, no excuses, just results. That meant action. That meant like putting my ass into work and going and doing all the uncomfortable, difficult, incredibly hard things that one must do to go through this journey. And that's not just in healing, that's in anything that you do in life, whether it's building a business or growing a relationship or whatever that thing is, you gotta put in the work. There's no Disney moment right? Like nobody's coming to save you. This isn't going to magically happen because you fucking read the secret. Like, I'm sorry, that's not how the world works. I wish it were because if it were, I'd write that book and that'd be the next one. And then I'd go by an island. But that's not how this goes. And the truth is, like when I wrote my first book, it was a it's effectively a playbook for this is how you step into understanding how to create change in your life because nobody else gave it to us. And the thing about life that's really perplexing is we're always measuring ourselves against what other people are doing when the only thing I'm ever thinking about is how do I prove myself right? Well said, well said. I, You've said this a few times. And, and again, when I was reading and getting to know you online, right? Because before we got to actually see each other in person, you know, you had a line in one of the one of the writings that I that I actually read and it said how to take your power back. And in optimal self one of our absolute principles or sayings is when you are willing to take responsibility for everything in your life, you unlock your human potential to have anything in your life. And we always get pushback and and in your how to take your power back, you you had a line and you just made reference to it and I'd love to hear deeper from you cuz you're you're so articulate here. And you said, no one is coming to rescue you. Let me repeat that for the for those in the back. No one is coming to save you. I'm sorry. I wish they were, but this is on you. Everything that is next is in your hands. And that's such a powerful statement because those last few words, everything that is next is in your hands because we can't change the past. Those things that have happened, we cannot change. And yet we get stuck in them because we believe 
they are our only precursor to the future, which is not true. So you're so articulate here, Michael. Can you please elaborate more on, on how to take your power back and what you're saying there? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I don't want people to feel like I'm being dismissive when I say that no one's coming to rescue you. It's just factual. Like it just is when you just look at it from a, a biased perspective and you really measure the reality of life. Everybody else has only one thing on their mind. That's them. That's how this works. And what's really difficult in that is you come to the realization that you are going to have to be the one who does all of this work. No excuses, just results literally means that like it's literal and and going through the process of creating the life that you want to have starts first and foremost with acknowledgement. Now, I love that you use this word. It's a powerful word for me as well. And acknowledgement and culpability are not the same thing. Let's be very clear about this. Acknowledging your past is looking at and going, yes, some bad things happened to me right? Whether you were a child or a teen or in your 20s or in your 50s, it doesn't matter. You look at your life and go, okay, yes, some bad things happen to me. Culpability is taking responsibility for those bad things. Now, look, I'm not saying, saying ever for any circumstance that you're responsible for being abused as a human being. Like that's nonsense. Anyone who says that's a moronic, they need to, they need to do some work, right? So you have to understand there's a clear line between these two things. Acknowledgement is looking at it. Culpability is responsibility. Now, here's where it gets shaky. From this moment forward, what you have to understand is that you are, in fact, culpable for everything that happens moving into what's next. You're responsible. And this is a hard word for people to hear because we live in a culture that makes it socially acceptable to place blame for your faults and the things that you're not getting on everyone else. It's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's problem. It's always someone else's mistake that led to your life being terrible. Sorry, that's not how this works. It's just not. And when you come to the understanding that that's true, that it is in fact your responsibility to create the life that you want to have, you stop allowing yourself to leverage excuses, then you start to step into your power. Now, where it gets difficult is people don't understand and they haven't defined with clarity and intention what it means to live the life that they want to have. And so what you have to do is literally sit down, take a damn piece of paper and write out your life. Get clear, put it somewhere that you read it every single day and move towards that while understanding on a long enough timeline, anything that you want will come to fruition, but there will be roadblocks on the way. And when those roadblocks happen, whether it's a mistake of your own or, or whatever, those things are data points data points that you can use and leverage to understand either A, what not to do in the future, or B, what to avoid in the future, or C, what are the other options or alternatives. I'm always thinking about life from a solution-based orientation. I don't mm. care about the roadblocks in my way. I know there's going to be more. There always will be. But what is the solution? And in understanding that and then leveraging this idea of patience, what I'm able to do is look for the 37th solution. Because it's not going to be the first one or the 12th one or the 30th. It's going to be 37 or it might be 99. I don't know. But when you get super clear and you create intention around the life that you want to have, then all those roadblocks, they're just going to keep coming. You're going to assess them and you'll continue to move forward. So taking your power back is so much about living life on your terms without making excuses while simultaneously being patient and having clarity. That's the most simplified way I think I can explain it. 
Hey listeners, it's Jeremy. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to take a quick break from the episode and remind you that at www.optimalself.today, you can gain access to our free, did I say it, free identity creator course, plus right now two bonus downloads that will forever change the way you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Did I mention that this is all free? It is for a limited time. Thank you guys again for listening. And again, the website is www.optimalself.today. Now let's get right back to the episode. That's very, very well said. And that kind of clarity and intention, what I love about that is, think about it, you know, I want people to, to hear what you just said is that you're going to, it's not going to be perfect. It's good. We're going to get knocked down. The, the first solution that I come up with or the first actually road I take may not be the right one. And I got to, you know, adjust along the way. But when you get clear, when you actually have that intention and clarity on who you want to be and where you want to go, it's not even necessarily about that destination, about that final thing, about that goal or outcome. What it allows for is allows for you in this moment right now to be appropriate in the moment with that goal. Because when you don't have them, right? And you're running around with drug addicts and drug dealers and you're just trying to make a buck and you're doing what other people are doing with no clear destination for yourself, no clear clarity on what you truly want in your life, you're only appropriate in that moment. Now the circumstance, now the people, now all of those things start to make you, give you the power, give take away your power, and you start making decisions there. But when you get clarity, I want everyone to hear this, when you get clarity on where you want to go, your decision-making process actually gets easier because I'm no longer going to go that way. No, man, sorry. It's not in alignment with where I'm going. And again, maybe you don't use that language. Maybe you don't use that exact dialogue. But internally, I can say, yeah, man, I'm not doing that because because I'm, I'm I'm going somewhere else, man, right? And then guess what? Those people start to fall off and the people that are in alignment with what you're doing, the people that are on that same journey start to show up in your life, right? Yeah, <laughs> they say absolutely. that all the time, right? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, that's because you're taking action. You're moving forward and all of a sudden that next person steps up and there they are. Absolutely. And, and I'll say this because I think it's important People get caught up in this idea that they're going to lose people around them when they start a pathway to what's next. I've just understood that if you embrace it and you recognize that the people in your life are there when they're supposed to be there, then it's not so difficult. But there's also the other side of it where people want to pull you down. And I'll, I'll paraphrase this because I don't have it memorized, which eventually I will, from Jay-Z. And he says, people around you saying that you changed well, I didn't do all this work to stay the same. Mm. And I'm like, why are you doing this? What's the point of all this if you're just going to stay in the same neighborhood, do the <laughs> same things, hang out with the same people, go, you know, if it's golfing or drinking or watching the game, like whatever, like if, why? Why are you even there? Why are you spending your time? We do things so nonchalantly in this society that we don't put any forethought into what it is that we're doing. Now, I want to say this as well, because I think it's also important when you come from a place that is the ideal situation is to survive. Let me put it this way. I fully intended on being dead by the time that I was 18. So I didn't know what to do after that. 
And so it gets really difficult because you do have to start doing this thing where you call living your life. And in that, you have to figure it out. And I think that the only way you figure out like what you want to do, how you want to be the person that you are, you just have to try a whole bunch of different stuff. You just got to keep trying and trying and trying and trying while also asking yourself like, does this bring value to my life or does it bring value to other people? Am I in alignment? Alignment just simply means that you're not second guessing what you're doing, right? People are always like, am I in alignment? I don't know. Well, are you second guessing it? Don't ever, this is a double negative, don't ever not follow your intuition. <laughs> only If you only ever follow your intuition and you listen to it and you accept it and you honor it, you'll never be wrong. Your gut is never wrong. Your spidey sense is never wrong. That thing inside of you that's like, go left, even though everyone is saying go straight, needs to go left every single time. Because as long as you do that, you'll never be wrong. Well said, well said. I want to touch back on a couple of things because I think it'll help the people that are that are listening is you touched on this and this is what I wrote and is that at some point when you were ready to make a change, right? Enough is enough. I didn't recognize the reflection in the mirror, all those things. But you said something about the willingness to learn that you today, right? You were willing to learn. And again, with Optimal Self and what we do, we, I talk about it all the time is, is with coaching clients and with people in our private groups and is that there's literally nothing out of your realm or reach if you're willing to learn. It doesn't mean it's going to come tomorrow. It doesn't mean you're going to you know make a million bucks tomorrow, right? But if you're willing to learn, which in this case, you have to be because you're either growing or you're dying. And so for you, you said, what am I willing to do? And what I heard is that while I'm willing to learn, that's what I'm willing to do. I am willing to learn and take on whatever it takes. I'm willing to write and write like shit until it gets good, until somebody else wants to read it besides my brother, right? I'm willing, I'm willing. So can you expand more on that? Because I, I think it's a really, really important piece. And I think that you have grabbed onto it and are doing it at such a high level. Yeah, I, I think learning is everything. I hated school when I was a kid because I would be in these rooms and maybe it's just because I was lucky. I always felt like I didn't belong because we were learning stuff that I just caught on so quickly. And so I actually, to like fit in, I dumbed myself down, which was kind of this strange thing that started happening, especially in my yeah. teens. Because like I, I became the dumb athlete, even though secretly I'm like reading Hamlet at the library when I'm skipping school stoned. Like it's a very weird juxtaposition. And so as I got into my like mid-20s, I'm like, okay, part of this process has to be education. And it has to be education in a way that creates actual impact in my life. And what I was trying to understand was all of it, all of it. I dedicated myself to healing, like almost like a craft. Like if I were to become a carpenter, I would go down the same path. I would look at first and foremost, getting a mentor, which is my form of mentorship came in books, came in seminars, came in courses, came in personal development. It came from all these different aspects, plus from other human beings, right? And so I just started consuming 
education. I consumed knowledge. I grabbed journaling. I must have filled up hundreds of notebooks over the years, just sitting and taking notes and learning and trying to create meaning of things. And more importantly, looking for things I didn't understand and couldn't identify and hadn't yet been a part of my vernacular or vocabulary so that I had a way to understand and assess that moving forward. And, you know, I look at like this year, I'll be, I don't know, 65 to 70 books I'll consume this year, not to mention an unbelievable number of courses. Plus, I'm lucky enough to have done all this work to be in a situation where I have mentors who are amazing human beings, right? And I, I look at these people and I go, I'm only looking for who's one step ahead of me, right? Like it would never do me any good to have a dude like Russell, uh, um, oh my God, Brunson be my my mentor because like, I don't, I can't go to space yet. Like I don't even have the boots. He's not, like, I need to get the boots first. So I'm always looking for, for people who are just one step in front of me. What do you know that I don't, that I can leverage, that I can learn from, that I can apply and adapt? And more importantly, what can I apply and adapt immediately? Because it's one thing to learn, it's another thing to put it in application, because the only way it comes to pass is that you have to do something with it. So to go and like listen and consume all this stuff would have been pointless without creating massive action, right? I think about this when I started thinking about the food I was putting into my body. You know, being at over 340 pounds, almost 350 pounds, like you don't get that without a lot of hard work. Like it takes effort. It really, truly does. But it also takes effort to reverse that, to get yourself healthy, to learn and understand different nutrition aspects. I eventually even became a a certified personal trainer and nutritionist. I never did anything with it other than do it for myself because I needed to understand it. And so what I'm always thinking about is when you're in this process of learning, what do you need to learn and understand to make your life better for you? Nobody said, Michael, go take this course, go sit in the room for four hours, take the test, study for two months, blah, 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 blah. I decided to do it. I chose to do this. I chose this path, same way as I chose the path to sit and learn all the education and trauma, to become a trauma-informed coach, to build a business, to build you know everything that I've done in my life. It all started with learning because I don't know anything. I'm just a guy from the hood who didn't graduate high school on time, who's got learning disabilities. I don't know shit about shit. I just know that I have a notebook and a pen and I'm stubborn as hell. And there are some, there are people who are just simply one step ahead of me that I can ask for help. Man, I, it's, you went there literally on my sheet right here when you were talking earlier. I, I, I wrote down, how do you feel about mentors? And you just, you went there. So you answered that question beautifully. And, and I agree. I mean, look at, look at the options that we have today. Because when I was coming up, we didn't have the internet. I couldn't jump on YouTube and, and catch a podcast or, mm-hmm. or learn from somebody or get a how-to, right? It was it was books or it was other humans, right? And, and trying to find ways to get around people that, again, I was an athlete, so I just wanted to be around people better than me. I wanted to figure out ways to, to do that. And business is no different. Life is no different, right? <laughs> I always ask when I, you know, we're coaching people and they're around their group of friends. And I always ask them, I say, like, do any of those people have the life that you want? And almost to a person, they say, absolutely not. I don't want their life. I'm like, why are you taking advice from them? (laughs) Why is that the person you're taking life, I don't know, stock, real estate advice from? If they don't have what you want, we get very confused. And it's always like an aha moment for them. They're like, oh, shit, you're right. (laughs) Why would I? It's like... I always use the, I use it. 
forgive it, you know, those of you guys that are out there, but I always call it the fat trainer syndrome, right? It's that person that at home right now, especially at the, at the end of the year, right? Going into January 1st, the New Year's resolution, they're like, man, this is the year. I'm losing, I'm dropping that 50. I'm getting that six pack. I'm going to be ready for summer. Boom, let's roll. Now, Matt, you save up, you know, I always did the picture. You saved up all this money, right? You have it. You've got a whole year's worth ready to go. It's not even going to affect your life. You've saved, you're ready, you made that decision. You walk in and you put that, you put that wad of cash on there and you're like, come on, let's go. I'm ready. And here comes somebody that they go, oh yeah, you're going to be with so-and-so. And he's got a Big Mac in one hand and a supersized Coke in the other. And his belly's, you know, three sizes over his, his, his thing. He's like, ah, come over. Let me, let me show you what to do. You're going to run. You're going to grab your cash. You need to get the hell out of there. But for some reason, in so much of our lives, we put so much into other people and we use in, in their advice that don't have the life that we want. Mm-hmm. And so for you, right, you're around, obviously, I mean, sometimes you can't be directly out of it. So you go to books, right? You go to, to the ways that you can find. I love that you said, yeah, I was in the library when nobody, because nobody could, nobody would ever find me there, right? <laughs> I'm never going to get shit talked to me because y'all ain't going to be over there. You're never even going to see me. Most of y'all don't even know where that is. And, and it had air conditioning. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so one of the other things that I, that I wanted you to touch on, you've touched on it quite a bit, but I want to get a little bit deeper and how do people, you, you have a, a line in there that says how to take responsibility for your life. So what are those actionable items? We talked a lot about action here. You've been talking about it, but what are the things that, how can somebody literally take responsibility for their life currently where they're at? Yeah, I, I think most important, it really, really, really comes back to what you just said about the people that you're engaged with. Like, I'll say this, my best friends whom I love are my best friends. I will never ask them for business advice ever for any reason. And I love them dearly. I spend a tremendous amount of time with them, right? And I think about this all the time. A lot of you, all right, I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. This is not intentional. It's not to be crass. It's not to be mean. There are people in your life who are in your way. And some of those people might be your mother. And you need to understand this. If you want to take full responsibility of your life, that also includes the people who you are allowing to be in connection with you. Because there are people who want to pull you down, people who want to tell you you're not good enough, strong enough, capable enough, who look at your mission, your vision, your goals, and they laugh at you and they mock you and they mimic you and they say that you're never going to do it. And you let that poison seep into you. If you want to ultimately take responsibility of your life, you can't just do it in some areas. You have to take responsibility in every area. This applies to everything you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and who you do it with and who you do it for and who is around you because we are communal species. You have to understand this. And so you are being being influenced by those around you. And there are some people around you who, because of their own fear, their own insecurity, their own trauma, their own abuse, whatever it may be, they don't want you to succeed. And we often just kind of shun it off. We go, well, they're a narcissist, blah, blah, blah. They'll never change. That's bullshit. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is that in order for you to create change in your life, you have to create change because change only happens when you make change happen. And so you have to ask yourself, who am I surrounded by? And then when you're measuring what it is that you want, 
you have to ask yourself, did I do everything in my power to create the life that I want to have today? Because I think about this, my mission is very simple. It's very succinct. I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime, okay? It's implausible. It's unfeasible. It's far-fetched. It's nonsensical. It's illogical. But do you think that's going to stop me? Right. So the biggest thing that you have to do is when you make up your mind, you have to move with veracity towards making it a reality. And I'll give you one thing that will change your life forever. What you think becomes what you speak and what you speak become your actions and your actions become your reality. Yes, yes, sir. I'm I'm dropping that. We call it self-synergy. At optimal self, you'll appreciate it, Michael. It's it's it is. It's where your thoughts and words, your 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 thoughts, your words, and your actions are in alignment. How do I build that? Right. That that is self synergy. Right. We know what synergy is. It's when everything lines up and everything rolls. But self synergy is when our thoughts, words, and our actions are in alignment. So it's so true, man, and and so so well said. Thank you. That was that was that was amazing. So moving forward now for you, right? Because you're right. You talk about ending the generational, how did you say it? I want to make sure you say it right. Ending generational trauma. Generational trauma. And so it's funny because in life, we hear a lot about generational wealth. And in here at Optimal Self, we talk about generational habits. And it's funny that generational trauma is like habitual. It's what that parent did to that one and that parent before them and that parent before them, right? It's literally passed down. And it's funny because we talk about generational uh, wealth a lot, but the truth about generational wealth is it's usually gone by the second or third generation in most cases, because the way the wealth was built, the habits that built it, were not passed down, just the actual wealth. And then they they run through it because they don't have the habits that it took to build it or to keep it. And what you're saying is generational trauma is handed down. It is something that that is, oh, that's how my parents responded. So then I respond that way. So ending it, or at least if we could give once, one time, how do we do that? How do we, how do we bring that awareness to the people listening today? And, and how do we, how do we do what we can to, to help that cause? Because I'm in. Well, first and foremost, I think it's having conversations like this. You know, I, I think child abuse, unfortunately, is the elephant in the room of mental health care. People are terrified to talk about it because we come from a society that says, why is your childhood still impacting you? Oh, I don't know. Probably because we're the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment, but I'm no doctor. So that said, what I think about often is the fact that we have to come to the recognition and understanding that everything that's ever happened in our life creates who we are to some extent. It impacts us. It'd be impossible and short-sighted to say that your past doesn't impact you because that's a lie. It's the same reason why you hear, hear a song or smell a smell or have a sensation and you're reminded of a moment of a memory of a thing that happened. Well, that applies to the good and the bad. And I think what people have to understand is with trauma, you look at it and you measure it. So how do you end it? Well, how are you talking to your children? 
Like, are you screaming at your kids? Are you calling them stupid? Are you saying you're not good enough, strong enough, capable enough? Are you hitting them? Are you locking them in closets? Are you doing all the things that happened to you as a kid because you think that's how you parent? A great example is this. Like, the only way I knew how to communicate as a child was screaming, being screamed at or screaming. I didn't know that you didn't have to do that. And today, I have a hard, fast rule in my life. If you yell at me, the first time I'm going to tell you about it, and I'm like, hey, you aren't allowed to yell at me. I will never yell at you. Hard, fast rule. The second time, I will never talk to you again because respect is everything. And so what I think about in this, like, how do you really end it? Well, it's by proxy. One, it is creating a change habit, habits that change. And two, it's about information. It's about education. And through that, you create expansion. How do I want to phrase this? So there's a trickle out effect. There's an expansive effect, right? The more people we educate, the more people they educate by proxy, thus creating this massive change. Then you have a trickle down effect. And the reason why I work with adults is because I want to create a pattern interrupt, right? And then that helps them create change by impacting their children. So now we're bringing up this generation of children who they don't yell at they don't get yelled at. They don't get beat. They don't get starved. They don't get hit. They don't get called stupid. And then eventually, again, on a long enough timeline, recognizing, understanding that it's improbable it'll happen in mine, we come to a place in which I've made myself obsolete. Because why do you need a person like me to have a conversation that no longer needs to be had? That's it. It's it. It's, it's, the, it's the ripple effect. And I'm a small, and you're a small pebble in that pond. Yours is the first ripple. But when you give it, the next person can give it back to man. Very well said. Look, we're at a part of the show where we qu- we close it out. I call this part quick hitters. Love and it. I and I, I give you a little word and I want you to tell me what comes to mind, how how it makes you feel. And so when in your life you've you've had a lot and you've you've given so much back and, and we're grateful for it. So the first word I want you to hit on is discipline. How does it affect your life and and where is that for you? It's everything. It's the only thing that matters. Like even on the days when you don't get to get it in, when you want to get it in, you got to get it in anyway, whatever that thing is, go get it. Discipline is everything. Well said. I agree. And the final one is impact. How does that hit you? And what impact do you want to leave? On my deathbed, I don't want to think I had any regrets. And impact to me is about showing up day in and day out on the hard days, on the easy days, on the in-between days, and just doing everything I can in my power to move towards my goal on hoping that again, on a long enough timeline, it will come to fruition. Well, I got to be honest, we are all better because you are here. And I am super grateful that you you took the time to share with our audience, uh, to share with us. So Michael, how can people get in touch with you? What would you love for people to do? How can we, how can we impact others through uh, Think Unbroken. Yeah, so I'm, I'm everywhere on social media at Michael Unbroken. Uh, but if you want to check out the Think Unbroken podcast, um, that would mean the world to me. And that's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on literally everything. It's on your Zoom. It's everywhere. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So get out there, put it into your into your daily listen, man. I, I am, again... You know, when I get a lot of names, we get pitched a lot of people for the show and uh, and I look at them all. And when I got yours, I was super excited uh, to have this conversation and it far exceeded even my expectations. So, Michael, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. 
All right. Until next time, get your ass out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.